0: Welcome to the MEFG Global Markets Podcast with Essan Komen, Head of Emerging Markets Research, EMEA. It's Friday 22nd September 2023 and in this week's podcast with Essan, we're looking at global oil prices and the current state of affairs. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct, investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Hi Ehsan, how are you today?
1: Hi Nazina, well thank you, and you?
2: Very well, thank you. So Ehsan, the global oil markets are now top of mind with prices close to reaching $100 per barrel once again. Can you contextualise the current state of affairs?
1: Thanks, Nazlina. So yes, Stern OPEC-plus supply cuts and record oil demand have pushed up Brent crude oil by around 30% since late June to well north of $90 per barrel. Now, From a fundamentals perspective, the extended extra Saudi and Russian production cuts and the rising global oil demand to a record high of nearly 104 million barrels per day as of August have pushed the oil market back into a very large second half of the year deficit that we estimate at 2 million barrels per day in Q3 and 1.2 million barrels per day in. Q4. Now, such an acute drain on global oil inventories, which are already at depleted levels and falling precipitously, does strengthen the narrative for further upward pressure on oil prices. Indeed, hedge funds are piling back into the space with open interest on $100 per barrel calls, currently the most held strike over the next 12 months. Yet we believe, Nazlina, a pause in the heady pace of Cruz's recent surge is now likely, owing to technicals, to geopolitics, as well as to FX. And so, nesnina let me break this down. First, Brent's 14-day relative strength index, that's the RSI, has been above 70 level, which signals overbought territory for nearly two weeks. Second, the aggressive supply management of OPEC+, Risks both hampering the demand for its own barrels, should prices run away to levels that accelerates demand destruction, which of course runs counter to the group's resolute medium-term stability mandate, as well as causing U.S. gasoline prices to surge at the time of political importance in the run-up to the U.S. presidential elections. And further and finally, elevated oil prices risks fanning the flames of global inflation, strengthening the case for higher for longer interest rates, and adding backbone to the US dollar, which all could restrain oil. So on net, whilst tight fundamentals suggest that the gravitational tilt prices aren't the upside, we however maintain our year-end 2023 and year-end 2024 Brent crude oil target of $84 per barrel and $87 per barrel respectively, with a surge back north of $100 per barrel, albeit within striking distance, not our base case scenario.
2: Thanks Ehsan for breaking that down for us. So what are the risks of higher oil prices reawakening stagflation risk?
1: So, Neslina, yes, what is clear is that the surge in energy prices is threatening the soft landing narrative, keeping inflation high, even as growth slows with stagflation, trepidation now top of mind. And what do you want to own in such a stagflation environment? Well, for us, it's commodities. They are real physical assets offering high returns, low correlation with other asset classes and protection from inflation. Indeed, at stagflation's core is severe limitations on supply, which the market has to rebalance through demand destruction, as prices in the economy keep rising, but economic activity does not. Uh, critically, we are convicted that demand weakness can relieve the symptoms of underinvestment, namely commodity inflation, but cannot cure the underlying illness of inadequate production capacity. And this strikes, Neslina, at the heart of our decades-long supply-constrained supercycle thesis. And just to build this out, stagflation is different from a recession in that demand remains above supply, and therefore there are persistent shortages of key goods and services in the economy. Given that commodities are assets which perform best when they are tight, we should, they should perform well in a stagflation environment. In the 1970s, the best example of stagflation Commodities performed well on an outright and relative basis, especially during the middle and late stages of the business cycle, which more than offset the poor performance during recessions and the early stage of the cycle. And we also see that performance was quite a broad based across commodities. And so on netness, Nina, commodities as real assets are best positioned to outperform other asset classes during stagflationary periods on a risk-adjusted basis.
2: Thanks, Hassan, for that really interesting and relevant discussion. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next time.
0: Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets podcast. Rate, review and subscribe, and contact your MUFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.